Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. Good morning. My mic's probably not on in. Nope. <laughs> Make it sure. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can't even hear myself. Like I have my ears popping. You ever hear like like you get it some your ear clogged up and all of a sudden you can hear like even when you're singing you can hear but it don't sound right. Like, and I already sink at singing, so it just makes it that much worse, right? So like you know, I think I just anyway, never mind. So but uh Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us, thank you for being here and just being so gracious and good to us. And we just give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, um, George, good to see you. Our, our, our brother, George, back from Kenya. I'm sure it was a very productive and good trip. And um, so we love him and we're glad to see you back. Welcome home. So, say a visitor, he's not a visitor, this is home, so welcome home, and it's good to see you, and then also continue to keep Jim in our prayers, you know, I know he's healing up, and give him a good break too, sometimes we need to just breathe a little bit, have, have, have a break, so let's continue to pray for him too, and, um, and some of the folks that are kind of going through a little bit of the sickness and stuff going on, keep, keep them in prayers. Um, I think when I went to a, the multipliers cohort of the um, for the Northwest Convention up in um, up at um, Timothy Moore's church, and then um, it was really good. But one of the things they were talking about was was are we vendor focused or are we kingdom focused? And I think that's something that's really important for us to ponder. It's like vendor is like. Are we trying to do our preferences or are we following and trying to seek and do what God wants to do? Is stuff based on what we think or is and what we like or, or are we being led by the spirit of God in his power, by, by his strength and with his wisdom to really, are, are we focused on what we like or are we focused on the kingdom? What what are we living out of? And I think it's real important. But one of the things we talked they talked about was praying. And I think it's like I had someone say, "Well, I've done everything else. I guess I should pray." <laughs> Anybody ever been around someone like that? You know what? I did everything else, but I, I guess I should pray. You know, so like I like to pray when I'm like cleaning stalls. You know, sometimes I'll I'll get out there and I'll be talking to God because like. Praying, like we think praying is like, oh, Father, I'm going to pray and get down on my knees and scream and cry. And just and sometimes you do pray like that. Not not saying that's not a way to pray. But a lot of times praying is just like us right here talking. So I'll be like in the, when I have stalls to clean out, I'm a pastor, so I don't have to thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? But now, so I don't even get to talk to God anymore. I mean, I'm just kidding. Right? But I'd be in the stall and I'd be, picking the picking the stall and and I can talk to God and he can talk to me 
And it was almost like there'd be times I go in there and it's like he was talking to me before I was like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, this is awesome, right? And so, um, but I was just talking to God, just, 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 hey, I'm doing something. But even though I'm doing something, I can still talk to God. I go in and I rinse the dishes off and Linda always makes me put them in the dishwasher. She makes me wash them and then stick them in the dishwasher. Can you imagine that? Like that doesn't make sense to me, right? Because like, like I've already washed them. They're already clean. Why am I sticking them in the dishwasher? It's just like, duh, right? But anyway, but while I'm sitting there doing something like that, dry me. Like it doesn't, like, well, I don't have time to pray. You have time to breathe? Because if you have time to breathe, you have time to pray. Well, I'm at a place where I can't, can't pray out loud with my voice. That's okay. He knows your thoughts. The Bible says he knows our thoughts even before we ask. Like uh, he, he knows our prayers even before we ask. So like he already knows what you're going to ask. So he already knows what you want. And if we're holding off, but like maybe he's like, well, maybe, maybe you should ask. How, how that maybe she, you should just ask me and and I'll give it to you. The Bible says we have not because we ask not, right? So in everything in the world that we can do, and then we pray. Get his opinion. Get hey, what do you think I should do? Right? I actually went to do a little horse and it was foundered, and they've already fired like got fired by two other farriers, and the last farrier gave it to me. And, I thought he liked me till then. <laughs> but uh, I'd done the little horse once and then it's foundered and they don't keep up with it enough. And so I was kind of like, you know, I don't really want to be here. And, and so you go up to this horse and the people have it spoiled. So even if you, if you don't have a treat with you, you walk up and even touch it, it squeals and flings around and wants to kick you, right? And, and so uh, I was like, well, I think I should do this or should do that. And um, and um, the guy goes ahead and moves the horse over here. And so I go and grab the, the lead rope and I walk up and I put my hand on its little shoulder. The sucker turns around and pauses for a minute and then kicks me with both hind feet. And I looked at him and I said, you could have talked to me before you did that with that horse. Like you put me in a bad spot. And this horse is spoiled. This horse is spoiled because of you. And because of that, I'm not doing your horse. Right? I fired him on the spot. <laughs> not because I couldn't do the horse. Because I was like, there's a boundary there. There's a time when we come to God and like, like we're trying to do stuff. And then we're asking even then it don't work out for us. And we're mad at God when it was our fault in the first place. Right? So sometimes there comes a point in time where we have to say, do you know something? I'm going to come to you first. The Bible says, seek, seek ye last the kingdom of God. Seek ye what? First. Seek, maybe seek ye when you get in trouble, the kingdom of God. Seek ye in the middle, the kingdom of God. Seek ye what? First, not not again, not our our preferences, but his kingdom. Not necessarily because sometimes we'll think one thing, but it won't necessarily be what God's saying. Sometimes we'll think someone else has an agenda and that they're saying something or they mean something and and they don't mean that at all. 
we just assume something and then when we assume it it goes off the rails and then we're mad at that person they didn't even mean what they were doing in the first place right and so why not go to god first and say you know what i'm going to seek you i'm going to seek your kingdom i'm going to seek your heart i'm going to seek what you have to say about these situations and then i know when i step in and do what what you called me to do then it's going to work out one of the things god told me the other day i was studying and man i hate when the holy spirit meddles in your life <laughs> like you ever get that like i'm minding my own business like sometimes just minding my own business and here he's intriguing you know just sitting there and and he, he's like you know what i want this year to be the year of the alabaster box thought about that remember this was this perfect lady who had all the money in the world she was just so rich never messed up in her life and she saw jesus and she come and she gave him her box right said here but i ain't gonna break it it's whole it's too perfect to break right no what's it it was it was the lady who had had troubles and been through some stuff and didn't have the perfect life and all she had was this alabaster box all she had was this perfume that she had put everything into and saved up and she brought it and broke it and all of it like man this was a huge sum this was a lot for her broke it and put it and and washed jesus feet or perfumed it i don't know what you call when you like no one's ever done that for me but they probably pass out but have to smell it and then put it down smell it and put it down right anyway but she broke that and as she broke it i think something broke in her before she even went there there's something she said you know something everything that i have everything that i think everything that i feel that i am i'm going to surrender that i'm going to say you know something this is yours jesus I'm going to lay it down at your feet and I'm going to give it to you. And you know what happened? Ever out like in Oklahoma, when I was growing up, we had these little stink bugs. They stunk, man. If they, if they went off, if you stomped on them, man, they'd put this odor out and it'd make me puke all over the place. It was nasty, right? And so like you didn't want to do it, but it was such a horrible smell that it lingered too. Like worse than a skunk. You think a skunk's bad? You ain't seen nothing until you run into a stink bug, right? But there was a fragrance, and this wasn't a stink bug fragrance. This was a good fragrance. This is like chocolate chip cookies, right? This is like, like something the flowers in the on the prairie blowing through the wind. Just a fragrance was released. And not just her got to enjoy it, not just not just her, she, whatever, got to smell it. Everyone around her did. There was something that broke out, but it didn't break out from the outside of that box. It broke out from the inside of that box. And I think that box represented her heart. She's like, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow, I'm gonna allow this to be broken in a, a way that you can be glorified and honored. Well, how do we do that? Sometimes it's letting go of things that we don't want to let go of. Sometimes it's letting go, and, it, and you're like, well, I don't know about that. A lot of times it's paradigms. 
I'm not even trying to, I'm not trying to get no one's money, not trying to get your car, not trying to get anything like that. I, I want to see God get our heart because when he does, then out of that, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart will flow rivers or out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And so everything comes from, from our heart. And so really, I feel like God's saying, you know something? We can fall on the rock and be broken. I'm not telling you to go break yourself in that way. What I'm saying is go before him and say, vulnerable. Father, I give you my life. I want to surrender to your kingdom and your, your ideals in your ways rather than my own thoughts and ways. Right? He said, said he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. They're really bad thoughts. So watch out, right? No, it says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of what? Anybody know? Love. What of what? Yeah, thoughts of goodness and of peace and, and of, to prosper, right? He wants to, he wants to do us good so we can learn to trust him, right? In Psalms 20, it says this. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the Lord, but by the name, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Again, here's, here's his name. You know what, what the name of the God of Jacob is? What? Yahweh. Very good. Yudevahe, right? Yahweh. You know what Yahweh means? I am. I am. Right? I am that I am, right? May the name of Yahweh, of the I am, that I am of the God. Now, what does God mean in, in Hebrew? When you say God, you know what that means? It means God. Yeah. It means, yeah. But you know what God means? Same, right? Yahweh, Yahweh is I am that I am. God is Elohim. So Elohim is creator, right? So you see, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with, not Yahweh. Don't say it was with the, with the Lord, right? Says so says in the beginning, and the word was the word, and the word was God, God right? And said, so, and and Lord said, let there be, like no, not Lord, but God, God Elohim, right? Now, here's what's really cool about Elohim. Elohim is not singular. You know Elohim is plural? If it was singular, it would be Elohe. It's not. It's Elohim. So what is it talking about? We believe in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? They're three separate personalities, but they're one God. Does that make sense? Right? So when it says Elohim, it, it's addressing all of them or one of them, right? So they all have different, they're, they're all working in and through our lives in certain different ways, but they are all, are all God. Does that make sense? So may the I am of Elohim, our creator, the creator actually is saying he's a creator of Jacob, protect you. May he send, may he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all 
your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desires of your heart and make your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious and we will lift up our banners in the name of our Elohim. May the I am that I am grant all of your requests. You know, he could have just made it way simple. Just pick a name, right? Just pick a name already. Well, why, are, why is it going back and forth? Why is that? Because he's trying to tell us something. He's talking to us. He's saying, you know something? Here, I'm a creator. Why is he saying that he's God? He's a creator because sometimes we need some stuff created in our lives. Sometimes we need the creator. We need the, the one who breathed life into to dirt, like the God, the God who breathes life into the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That's Elohim, the God, the Elohim that does it. He took dirt. Mind you, it was paradise dirt, right, ladies? So when you tell your husband he was made out of dirt, you're made out of bone. At least it was paradise dirt, right? But he took dirt and molded it into a man and breathed his very essence his very life into us and made us he said let us he didn't say now here's another thing that's where we know that it's god and that it's plural again in elohim he didn't say let me he said let us make man in our image right not, not just in the image, we think, well, it's just an image. We just see this big, mean guy with a, with a beard that looks like ZZ Top. <laughs> Don't have a guitar, though. Right? And this white rap and a big old hammer that wants to knock us out every time we mess up or that's really cold and hard. Like, anybody ever feel like that? God was like that? Like, the father was like, oh, man, I, I need Jesus really bad because I don't want to deal with that dude. Am I the only one that's ever felt like that? Growing up, I sure did. They said, you need Jesus. I said, yes, I do, because that dude's bad, man. That's a bad dude, man. I don't want to mess with him. I don't mean bad as in bad, but I mean bad as in bad. But if I didn't do good, bad things would happen to me, right? So I really needed Jesus, because if I was covered by the blood of Jesus, then I was safe from that dude. And then I'd have to go back to that dude, that bad, tough hombre, right? Say, oh, would you please, in the name of Jesus, would you please, would you please do this? Would you please do that? And then hope that I had enough of the blood of Jesus or enough of the good stuff that I did that he wouldn't hit me with that bat. Come on, is that, is that real? That's Western religion wrapped up in, 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 in a little ball, man. And that's not who he really is. It was his ideal. He's one. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's why Jesus walking around, people were afraid. They're like, man, he's got this big bat. I mean, they were in the temple when he ran him out with a whip, right? But other than that, like, he's got a pretty clean slate. You know what I mean? And they probably deserved it. 
subscribe. Whips are scary, by the way. Anybody ever been around them? Yeah. I could be on the uh, on doing the Colts or any challenges, and I'd be in a round pin. It's one of these guys that come in. If they look at me, I can stand on my horse and crack a whip, and like you can barely crack the whip standing on the ground next to the horse, and you're scaring my horse, and I'm like scared of the whip. Not because I was scared of the whip, but I was scared what that whip sound would do to my horse in the other pen when I was trying to get my horse going. Those whips are bad, man. Jesus is good at it, man. He was a watch man read him out, right? One time we, we see Jesus do that. Oh, yeah, he told Peter to cut a guy's ear off once, right? Hey, when they come to arrest Jesus, like, he's like, Peter, cut his, cut his head off. And Peter missed and got his ear. And so Peter's like, oh, Jesus, can we put it back on and heal him? And, you know, and he's like, you know, okay, Peter, I'll give you this because I know you're really going to mess up and you need a break. No. Peter got mad. And he, the dude's coming to arrest Jesus. You think they would make helmets that would protect your ears? Right? Really? You know what I mean? So maybe that's why, like, just with a little ear hole, right, then you might not lose an ear. Or maybe you didn't even have a helmet with an ear. I don't know. But what did Jesus do? Peter, knock it off. I'm not here for that. And he picks the dude's ear up and slaps it back on. And do you know what happens? He couldn't hear for three years. <laughs> he had to have surgery. He went to the Mayo Clinic. He went to... No, do you know what happened? It was healed. Not just healed immediately. There probably was no scar, no trace of it. And they still hauled Jesus off. Can you imagine that? Why? Because they weren't the ones doing it. It was God's idea. When I say God, I don't mean just the mean guy with the stick upstairs. I mean, the entire Godhead. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's not a mean God. He's not a big bully. He's not up there just waiting to thrash you and beat you up. He's a God that says, you know what? Just like Abram. said, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son. And I want you to take him up on top of the mountain. I want you to sacrifice him to me. And you know what Abraham did? He booked flight to Tahiti. He said, we're out of here. I'm taking my son. I don't trust this dude. Like, no, do you know what the Bible says? He didn't even say a word. Like, there's no response from Abraham except an action. And that action is the next morning he got up and they saddled the donkey and left. Now, is that trust? That's not, not uh, a dude that's trusting in a God with a big stick. It's like ZZ Top. That's a man who's trusting in someone he's got a relationship with to the point where he says, though, though you slay me yet, will I trust you? Look at Job. Man, going through hell. And, and all of his friends and even his wife and everybody was like, you must have done something really, really wrong. And the fact was totally opposite. In fact, the only reason he was going through that is because he was righteous. We look at people going through things and we want to judge what people are going through and we have no clue and no idea. 
And that's where we got to learn, you know what? I'm only going to judge people through the blood of Jesus and through the sacrifice that was made. So here he is. He's taking, you know what he's taking? He, he's taking, here, here he's taking his son, his only son, the son whom he loved. And God even said that. He said, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son, who, son whom you love. Now, we know that's not his only son, right? He had Ishmael, had to send Ishmael off, right? But God's like, this is your covenant, son. This is a miracle that I gave you. This is what I gave you in your life. And I want you to trust me so much that you're willing to give me everything. That was his heart. Can you imagine? He's like, even before he's like, like before God gave him the promise, he's like, I don't have a, I don't have an heir. My servant's going to give everything I got. So he says, hey, when you're in your Rolls Royce, look up at the roof. <laughs> and you can see the starry line or head and count them because so will your seed be. Or when he got his convertible, peel the back. Look. Or when he got out and there's sand everywhere, man. And you know what? He looks and says, so will your seed be. He gave him a promise. He gave him something to look at. It meant so much to Abraham, not, not just to be not just to be well off, but to have something to pass on for generations. And he didn't think at a time that God was going to bless him with something that he could pass on for even one generation. And God said, no, watch what I'm going to do when you trust me. Watch what I'm going to do when you give me what you have. There's a young boy who went to McDonald's and got some chicken nuggets and fries and Jesus was up there, you know, eating or getting ready to preach into the multitude. Everyone was hungry. They're like, what do we do? Like, well, McDonald's is closed. Chick-fil-A don't even have anything. Popeye's is shut down. What are we going to do? He said, here, give it to me. You know what he did? He ate the food and made them go without. Can you believe that? <laughs> no. Do you know what he did? He broke the loaves and the fish and multiplied it. So much so that when it got back to the boy, he didn't even have a bite to eat. No. 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 And everybody ate just a little bit. No. It says everybody ate till they were full. Right now, now what is that reminiscent of? That's reminiscent of like I I went to the buffet. They took me to the buffet when I was up there the other day at that cohort, and I went with another guy, and he's a lot littler than me. Right? He ate more than I did. <laughs> right? He ate way more than I did. Like all these guys around here. But you know what was so funny? Everybody ate a different amount, but everybody was full. God knows just what you need. He knows just how to bless you. He knows just how to take care of you. He knows just what is in your heart. And he will satisfy even our physical needs, right? Like he could have said, you know what? You guys should fast because that big guy with the back's going to beat us up if we don't fast. He did. He said, you know what he did? He fed him. So this young man gave everything. So here Abraham 
goes up the mountain, right? And he gets to the top. Before he's going up, you know, Isaac's like, hey, Dad, I know this is like a silly question, but the fire, the wood's there. We got everything we need for the sacrifice, except the sacrifice. Uh, what are we going to do? We forgot, like, the lamp. And you know what Abram said? Abraham said to him, dude, you're it. You're the sacrifice. No, he didn't say that, did he? You know what he said? The Lord will provide. So he gets up, gets up to the mountain, and here, here he puts him on the altar and gets ready to, gets, gets everything ready. And do you, do you know what happens? Isaac died. He killed his only son. No. What happened? He gets ready to, to kill his son. I believe that he believes so much in God that he believed that he literally killed him that he had raised again. You know what happened? There was a noise in a thicket. And there was a ram stuck in the thicket. And God said, stop! God had to literally stop him. He was so committed to following God out. God literally had to stop him. Can you imagine that? Stop. There's a I provided. Look. Now I know that you really trust me. Do you think the creator of the universe who was yesterday is today and will be tomorrow? Didn't know that Abraham would trust him. I mean, come on. You know, it wasn't for God to know that he could that he could trust Abraham. It was so Abraham could know that he could trust God. And here is a ram in the thicket. And you know what he did with the ram? He sent it to Los Angeles, and it's still the mascot for their football team. <laughs> Could have picked a way better one up, right? No? You know what he did? He sacrificed that ram on the altar, and him and Isaac worshiped God all the way down. It's really cool when you hear it, when, you, when the Jewish people talk about the ram. You know what they blow a shofar is? It's a ram sword. You know what it means when you blow the shofar? It means victory. It means victory in life. It, there's also, there's all different kinds of sound, but when you hear that, it's the very essence, the very life, the very ability of God to rescue you in your deepest, darkest places. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. Now here, they come down the mountain worshiping God all the way. Matthew chapter 6. It says this, and, and actually, I'm going to start at 
on the talk they were talking about on the mount. Matthew 6 1 says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by men. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their full, their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, I think a lot of times we think of secret as just keeping a secret, but a lot of times when it's talking about what we do in secret, it's talking about what we're doing in our spirit, right? What are we doing inside? What, what, why are we doing it? What for, right? You need to know, know what you believe, and why you believe it. Really important, right? That's why you get, get not just knowledge, but get understanding. What does that mean? You can know the Bible, but not understand a lick of it. Or think you understand it, and you're like way off. Like you're like the Bible says, pluck someone's eye out. If they, they sin, you know, cut off their right hand. Well, why would you do that? Well, it's that in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, it's true. Come on now, get some context to it. Add some understanding to your knowledge or let the Holy Spirit add that. And then when we, we understand what's going on on the inside. Now watch this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. What he's talking about? He's talking about going, living from the spirit. You know, that's I always wondered when we why we close our eyes when we pray. And it's not just so we can scare people when we drive. <laughs> right? But like, Father, I hope I don't kill somebody. Why are you honking at me? It's your, I'm praying, right? No, because what are we doing? The kingdom of God's in us, right? The kingdom of God's where? In us. We are the temple of what? The Lord. Of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple. Guess what? He chose to hide himself in us. And so when I do that, like I have a hard time. So to be honest with you, when I pray so much of the time, I want to pray to a God out there that I have to discipline myself and say, I know you really are out there, but I also know this is where I meet with you. So I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going to just come to you right now. The Bible says they, those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, right? And so he says this. But when you pray, go, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father, not the big mean, that's Zeus, dudes, right? That's Zeus, that's ZZ Top, that's something else, right? It's a horror movie. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen on the outside. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, again, there's a secret. What's he talking about? Living from the 
inside out. Who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Oh, wait a second. That's crazy, right? He's like, I want you to live from the spirit. I want you to live from right here. I want you to, to trust me with the most valuable thing you have. You know what that is? You. It's your heart. It's your soul. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's happening? What's done in secret is being revealed on the outside. How we act as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Everything's about the inside out. That's where you see Abraham and Isaac ascending. That's what it's talking about. When you go in your closet and you pray, what you're really doing is you're ascending. And you're ascending to the top. And you're ascending to that place where you can talk to the Elohim, the creator of the universe, who is I that I am. I am that I am. It will meet every need you have. You can call him in your distress. You can call him when you're not having trouble. He's like, call me. Call me. Like this. I don't know why we do that like a phone. We do this in Oklahoma. That's where the Texas Longhorns, by the way. Are you fans? You're welcome. Right? <laughs> Boomer sooner. Right? Call me, he says. And I will answer you. And show you really horrible things. He's a good God and he loves us. He's not so worried about what it looks like out here. What he wants is what's in here. There's a fragrance in there where if you'll go into that secret place, he abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my strength. In Him I will trust. Where is it talking about? Secret place. What is the shadow of the Almighty? It's the cherubim that are where? On the Ark of the Covenant. What's on the Ark of the Covenant? The blood of Jesus. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank because when God sent his son, his only son, an Elohim, when the Father sent his son, his only son, up on that very same mountain. He was a sacrifice so that you could have peace, so you can have life, and so that you can have a relationship with the Father like you've never had before. Amen? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Let me just give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.